This morning, I, I want to talk about joy, the idea of joy. Let's begin. Hope, peace, love, and joy, four themes of Advent. And today we take up joy. And I, I just want to just begin with telling you about my Saturday morning. I woke up on Saturday morning and it was very cold and it snowed a lot. And my kids, I have a 14-year-old girl, a 12-year-old boy, and a 9-year-old daughter. And my 9-year-old daughter had her best friend from the neighborhood for a sleepover. My 12-year-old son had his best buddy from across town and for a sleepover. So the, the house was full of kids, and I made breakfast for them. And, and part of breakfast, I wanted to make hot chocolate for them. And so my 12-year-old boy is the one who helps me make hot chocolate when we make hot chocolate in the holiday season. And we had gotten all of the ingredients together, and we were heating it up, and it was the last step, and it's the moment when you put the vanilla extract in, you know, and, um, and it's all ready, and I was about to say, just put a drop, <laughs> and he poured the whole bottle in, and it was great, you know, it was like those little bottles, and um, he said, now you tell me, and so, <laughs> but... <clears throat> He was pretty proud of it, actually, because he thought it would be, you know, sort of hot vanilla instead of hot chocolate. And so that was happening. And we had, Martin and I had to go and and start our our day. And I went out to start her her car. She has a Toyota RAV4. And I turn over the key, nothing. The battery is dead. And then as I'm, realizing the battery is dead. She comes into the garage and says, we have no hot water. We have no hot water. And so it was chaos. It was chaos. And so she starts texting our friends in the neighborhood. Does anybody have one of those uh, jumper cables or 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 a battery charger? And finally, a friend of ours from the next block over. says, I do. And so he came over. He's like the director of the wellness center at Fort Carson. So he's got this big, huge truck. So I'm clearing out the garage so it'll fit in. And he comes in and he charges that up. And so now we have our, our, our truck back and we get the water heater all flamed up again. And... So that's all good. And I'm going to drive that RAV4 to the Toyota shop around the corner and get a new battery. And I realize the inside of the windows are frozen. I mean, frozen. Like, you know, I thought to myself, this is probably what it's like when those people do the kind of freeze your body so that they can bring you back later. You know, it was like I was in the middle of ice. And so... It was because the day before, when it was 70 degrees, my wife uh, got a big detail. You know, she got the... And so the car seats were still wet from the detail, and all the moisture from the car seat was going to the windows. So it's just chaos. And 
I'm like driving to the Toyota place, like scraping the inside of the windows. And, and so nothing went right. Nothing went right. I mean, that's just a bad morning. That's just not a good morning. And I, <clears throat> and I realized in the midst of it, well, that was full of joy. I mean, even so, I was full of joy. Why? Why was I full of joy in the midst of that? There's, none of that made me happy. None of it made me particularly happy. But I was full of joy. Why? Because my kids had their friends for a sleepover. They had very vanilla-ish hot chocolate. <laughs> uh, my wife, you know, was with me. Um, we were warm in our house, and we had the resources to buy a new battery. That would not have always been the case for us over time. I was full of joy. Joy is this form of deep intentionality and self-forgetting. The bodily alchemy of what lies inside of us in communion with what seemed outside, but really is neither. It's this living frontier, a voice speaking between us and the world. It's a dance. It's laughter. It's affection. It's friendship. It's skin touching skin. It's song and music in the kitchen and hot chocolate on the stove and people who love you. It's this kind of like grace and generosity. The sheer beauty of the world. I mean, even in the midst of all that crazy Saturday morning stuff, one look outside at the beautiful snow was enough to bring joy. It's this passing act of grace arriving out of nowhere. It's our relationship to life. It's our giving ourselves away. The fleeting presence of those we love going in and out of our lives, faces, voices, memories... self-forgetting. In that moment of joy, all of our anxieties, all of our worries just kind of melt away. And we give ourselves over to something that is beyond us, inside of us. We risk joy. We risk the vulnerability of being fully present in that moment so that joy can wash over us. A kind of living conversation. The sheer privilege of being in that moment. I am here and you are here and together we make a world. We were making a world yesterday morning. It was chaotic. It was maybe not orderly. Maybe not what we expected, but we were making our world together. Pure joy. So Carl Sandburg, the poet from my hometown, wrote a poem called Joy. 
And I think I know what he means. He says, let a joy keep you. Let it keep you. Let it embrace you. You embrace joy. Joy embraces you. Let a joy keep you. Reach out your hands and take it when it runs by. As the Apache dancer clutches his woman, I have seen them live long and laugh loud, sent on singing, singing, smashed to the heart, under the ribs with a terrible love. Joy always, joy everywhere. Let joy kill you. Keep away from the little deaths. Keep away from the little deaths. Let a joy keep you. I want to share with you some ideas this morning about, did I tell you that I found out yesterday at 10 o'clock that I was preaching this morning? In the midst of all that, I got a call from Ariana. I'm sitting at the Toyota shop. She's like, hey, I'm in Phoenix. You want to preach? Sure, I'll preach. What am I supposed to say? So I'm a little nervous. I'm a little nervous. I'm a little underprepared. I normally speak once a month to you guys, but thank you. That's, it's mutual. Y'all know that, right? And if you're here for the first time, it gets better. Don't worry. It gets better. It gets better. Somebody will be back next week and make it better. Don't, don't give up hope. So I, I, wasn't, I, I wasn't prepared. You know, I mean, I'm more Woody Allen than joyful, you know, person. I'm, I'm more anxious about everything. But I was going to preach on joy. I was going to do it to, to, to signal my commitment to you. Uh, thank you. So Richard Rohr, I, I wanted to share this with you. Richard Rohr, who is a contemplative, one of my favorite writers, reflects on what a joyful mind might be. What might a joyful mind be? And I just want to share this list with you and, and be done with it. <laughs> and we'll be done. <clears throat> and then... So... That's water, my drink. That's water. That's water. So, there's, there's, um, even, so, even this morning, even this morning, my computer, I hope you're not recording this, Stevie. Oh my God, I hope you're not recording this. Even this morning, my computer, I'm, 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 I got the 9 o'clock service. We got that done. And I'm printing out my script for the 11 o'clock service. And my computer just wouldn't cooperate in the midst of it all. Deep joy. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be anywhere. I'm old. <laughs> I'm glad to be here with you. Right? I have, I have the privilege to be here this morning. I'm glad to be here. Deep joy. Right? So, so what might a joyful mind be? First, it doesn't have to be right. A, 
A, a joyful mind does not have to be right. How much of our time on our planet do we spend thinking that we need to be proven right? We need to be right. A joyful mind rests in what is. It does not have to compare itself to others. This is the great thing that we learn as we age, right? Is that the evaluations and the comparisons are not necessary. A joyful mind avoids comparing itself to others. A joyful mind is when you can be creative without anybody needing to know about it. When you just have this spirit of creativity. A joyful mind is when you can be content with whatever the circumstances. Ralph Waldo Emerson wrote a lot about joy. And he was always reminding us that we think that the circumstances will make us joyful. But that's not the case. It's our attitude and our mindset and our prayerfulness and our, you know, our orientation and our engagement, not the circumstances that make us joyful. When we can live in contentment with whatever is our circumstance. When your mind does not need to be in charge, but can serve the moment with gracious and affirming information. When your mind follows the lead of your heart, this is a joyful mind. When your mind is curious and interested, not suspicious and interrogating. When you don't need to humiliate, critique, or defeat those who have hurt you, even in your own mind. How much of our time when we get hurt, when we get betrayed, when we get, you know, in a difficult situation, how much of our mental imagination goes to plotting our revenge? (laughs) The joyful mind doesn't need to humiliate critique, or defeat those who have hurt us. A joyful mind is a mind that can think well of itself without needing to. It's not a compulsion, but just a general orientation of graciousness towards oneself. When, when, you, when you have a joyful mind, you can accept yourself just as you are, warts and all. Amen? (laughs) A joyful mind is a mind that can find truth on all sides. Right now we're in a polarized moment. We're in a difficult moment where this side is suspicious and that side is suspicious and there's a lot of animosity. A joyful mind can see truth on all sides. A joyful mind extends the benefit of the doubt to our friends and our enemies. The Dalai Lama, you know, was asked, what makes for a joyful, happy mind? And he said, if you can just sit there 
and think your way into perspective, you'll be on your way. When your mind can wait, listen, and learn. So much of what I love about unity teachings and our services is that we encourage ourselves to slow down, to wait, to listen, and to learn. A joyful mind can admit it was wrong and can change. And another great unity teaching, a joyful mind is that mind that can find God in all things, that mind that can find the holy in all things. Yesterday was, was craziness. It was absolute chaos. But there was God in the midst of it. There was God in the midst of it. There was relationship. There was connectedness. There was compassion. There was empathy. There was love. The joyful mind. So what is something that you do on a regular basis that brings you joy? Some people say that joy is hard to describe, but it comes from a sense of their relationship with source. They'll say, you know, one of the fruits of the Spirit is joy, and I have a sense in all things that God has my back, and that all will be well, and this brings me great joy. Others say taking a hike, or looking at Pike's Peak, or appreciating the beauty of nature gives them joy. Noticing a beautiful flower or the way the tree in their yard changes over the seasons. Others will say engaging in creative endeavors, writing poetry or making music or drawing pictures brings joy to their everyday lives. Others will say hugging a grandchild or a child or feeling loved by their partner or playing on the floor with their dog is the source of abiding joy. Joy is not feeling happy all the time or having all of our circumstances fall in line. Such things are not possible. Rather, joy is the product of our sense of faith and belonging and doing things that fills our tanks and brings us inspiration. So whatever it is that brings you joy, keep doing those things. My friends... Blessings. So be it.